Two weeks ago on Easter Sunday, we saw 23 people across our Restore campuses get baptized. This means that 23 people are celebrating with their friends, their family, and their church community that they're surrendering. It's like they're waving the white flag and they're saying, I'm not going to do life my own way. Instead, I'm going to follow the leadership of Jesus in my life. They've decided to trust God's way over their way. And baptism illustrates that our lives are being transformed and we're going to continue to move towards a life of love, joy, and peace. But then I see this a lot. I see it myself and I see it in others. At some point, we tend to take back control of our lives. And rather than trusting God, we end up putting kind of a veneer of Christ on top of a life that we're trying to control ourselves. And sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck with a little bit of transformation, maybe some new thoughts and some new ideas, but we're stuck in our temptation to control, still stuck in our old ways. And we miss out on this ongoing freedom and peace of our new life in Christ. My name is Janet. I'm one of the pastors at Restore, and we're in a series called Above Anxiety. And in this series, we're looking at the troubling state of anxiety in ourselves and in our community. And the reason that we're taking a few weeks to talk about this topic is because anxiety is a common human experience. To be human is to mean experiencing anxiety. But as we talked about earlier in this series last week, you should go check out that video if you haven't seen it, we're all experiencing anxiety in a variety of degrees and types. It starts with like general anxiety disorder on one side, the kind that can be debilitating. It might require professional counseling and, and medication. Then there's acute anxiety, it's short term, a feeling that when there's an actual threat and it goes away after the threat is over. And then there's grief, which is a type of anxiety. And then there's chronic anxiety. And chronic anxiety is that pit in your stomach that's almost always there. You experience these anxious thoughts, thoughts maybe about your health or the safety of your loved ones, your finances, the next bad thing that might happen. And it's an overall feeling of lack of control. And that's where we're going to land for most of this series in this idea of chronic anxiety. And maybe, just maybe, we can learn to live above our anxiety. And we're saying above our anxiety because remember to be human is to experience some measure of anxiety. So we're not expecting it to go away completely, but we are hopeful that we can manage it, to live above it, or maybe even use it as a reminder to once again surrender, wave the white flag, and surrender ourselves to God. Maybe there can be moments where we allow the good news of Jesus to transform us so much that it will sink so deeply into our lives, into the depth of our understanding of ourselves, all the way down into our identity, our deepest fears, our deepest hopes. And as a result of going deep, we learn to live above. But if you're like me, if you're like many of us, 
we struggle to figure out how to live in this deeper place of transformation. And we default back to our own way of relying on ourselves instead of trusting Jesus. And honestly, we get stuck. We want to trust God. We say we trust God, and we, but we really struggle to actually trust God. So we don't experience the profound transformation that God has for us. And we stay stuck. So the question today is, how do we get unstuck? Well, Steve Cuss wrote a book called Managing Leadership Anxiety. And he says this, the consistent witness of the New Testament of the Bible is that Jesus has competition for our heart's attention. There is this other thing that, ca that calls us to put our trust in it. And we tend to pay more attention to this other thing than we do to Jesus. In fact, learning to notice this other thing and to kill it is essential in the journey of deeper encounter with Christ. So what is the other thing? Jesus calls it the self. Whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus says, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Paul also writes about this other thing, and he says it like this. You, my brothers and sisters, we're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So there's the self and there's the flesh, and then Paul writes about it again. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Collectively, Jesus and Paul talked about the self or the flesh or the old self about 26 times in the Bible. And each time they're saying, caution, beware, this thing is deadly. Hmm. Some people have come to call the self, what Paul and Jesus are referring to, as the false self, the thing we depend on when we're not depending on God. I think there's a fundamental battle for our soul, and it's where we place our trust. And the self tells us, hey, hey, put your trust in me. Put your trust in the self to be okay, to have an identity. But Jesus tells us that our identity is secure as a beloved children of a holy God. Our identity does not come from self, but it comes from God. So we might be able to know this truth, but how do we really know this truth? You know, how do we really live this truth? How do we really live as if this were true? How do we get there? How do we begin to deny ourselves and trust God? I'm starting to understand and believe that it begins with our minds. See, we have this inner dialogue that's going on all the time. These thoughts about ourselves that we're rehearsing over and over. And these thoughts are so profoundly entrenched in us that we're not even aware of them sometimes. I'm going to call it like reflex thinking. 
We don't even know we're doing it. That's why it's called reflex. You just do it automatically. And when we find ourselves overwhelmed or in danger or hurt, we have these thoughts just like a reflex. It's like an unconscious thing that happens that becomes a conscious thought in our minds. And these are called automatic negative thoughts. They're deeply entrenched in what we believe are in, about ourselves. And these automatic negative thoughts are very common in anxiety. I believe these thoughts are part of the self, the flesh, that Jesus and Paul warned us about 26 times. So maybe to get unstuck, to begin to live above anxiety, it can be helpful to identify our automatic negative thoughts, to listen to our self-talk at times of stress, at times when we're triggered, at times we feel anxious, and then ask someone else who cares about us what they hear us say about ourselves in these times. And then compare our thoughts to God's thoughts. Are the thoughts the self is telling me the same as what God is telling me? Now, here's a consistent negative thought that I have myself, and this is it. I am too old to be relevant. My most important work is behind me. And these thoughts, honestly, they threaten to keep me at home watching Netflix rather than living as a missionary in my everyday community. The truth about these thoughts is I don't really care about being older. There are some really beautiful parts about being older. There is so much I love about this season of my life. So it's not the aging part that bothers me. I think what I'm concerned about in this negative thinking pattern is my identity. Do I still matter? And the anxious part of this is I can't control if anyone else thinks I matter. I can't. I can't control if they think I'm valuable or not, or relevant or not. And there is this, this truth about that particular anxiety. There's some truth about this. As we age, the next generation is designed to take our place. And that is a really good thing. And what's honestly true is we will become less and less relevant over time. That's okay. But before you start sending me messages like, Janet, you have so much to offer. You're not old. Yada, yada, yada. No, that's not the point. This is the point here. My identity, the selfish part that's wrapped up in what I have to offer. When I go, I am only valuable if I'm offering something. That is self-thinking. That's the self-thought that misses the mark of God's truth. My identity, my value about my relevance or contribution in the world, it's not connected to who I really am. You see, I am not what I do. I am whose I belong to. I am a child of God. My worth is demonstrated when God sent Jesus to die on my behalf. So myself is worried about my identity, my relevance in the world. But God has said that is already decided no matter what season of life you're in. 
So when I'm operating with this chronically anxious story, it holds me back, it keeps me down, it interrupts the things that God has for me right now. So I have to stop the automatic negative thoughts and I have to replace them with God's truth about me. So what do I do? I Google. <laughs> I Google it. And I Google the word, uh, what does the Bible say about aging? And it gives me a verse, and it helps me do what Paul writes about to the Corinthian church. It helps me demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. That's what I have to do. So I Google verses about aging, and guess what I found? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I like that. I memorized that. So what is your automatic negative thought that you tell yourself on the regular? Maybe it sounds like this. Because of the mistakes of my past, God doesn't love me. But God says that he proves his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Or maybe your automatic negative thought sounds like this. I'm not allowed to be weak. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For in my, I am made powerful in your weakness. I am made perfect in your weakness. Or maybe your automatic negative thought is, I don't have what it takes. Everyone else seems to have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And God says, you are, a, you are my workmanship created in Christ to do good works. This week, I found a whole list of negative thoughts and lies that we tell ourselves, and the corresponding truths right next to them. And we've posted that for you in Restore's link tree under Next Steps. But better yet, do the research on your own. Identify your automatic negative thoughts and search the Bible for a verse that speaks God's truth over you. Google is always an option. Google a Bible verse, fill in the blank of your negative thought, and see where it takes you. Now, hear this. I'm not saying that you can trust everything Google's going to tell you about your negative thought, but I am telling you that you can trust what the Bible says about your negative thought, and Google can just help you find that verse. It's very powerful. Write down one common negative thought this week. Find a corresponding scripture from the Bible and memorize it. And when your negative thoughts come, say that scripture verse out loud and see if from time to time God's truth about who you are will help you live above anxiety. In the early 1500s, Martin Luther was a Roman Catholic priest who was tormented by his feeling that he could never be good enough to please God. While reading Paul's letter to the Romans, he had a blinding revelation of God's freely given grace. And he realized that God's love and blessing was not dependent on his ability to follow the rules but solely on God's decision to choose and save him. And from that revelation in the Bible flowed what became the entire Protestant Reformation. 
Luther's understanding of God's grace and blessing was rooted in his baptism. He viewed his baptism as the ultimate expression of how he belonged to God. No matter what, he had value because he identified with Christ in baptism. And Luther had only hoped initially to reform the church, like he wasn't looking to start a movement. He never expected to be the leader of a new Protestant movement, but that's exactly what happened. And as the leader of a movement, he was constantly debating his opponents. He was constantly in danger from the authorities. There was a season where he had to hide out in a castle to save his life. He was plagued with anxiety, doubt, fear, and discouragement about whether any of this that he was doing would really bear fruit. But when he was at the height of his anxious thought, Luther had a really unique strategy and he became known for this strategy. He would stand up, face down the lies right there, wherever he was, the lies that were tormenting him, and he would yell, baptized. See, Martin Luther knew that his baptism embodied the promise of God. And the phrase, I am baptized, carries all the truth about who we are. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are righteous, holy, without fault before God. Nothing can separate us from this love of God. Chronic anxiety is one of the ways that we get stuck feeling separated from that love of God. And one of the strategies to live above that anxious moment is to replace those automatic negative thoughts about ourselves with God's truth. So maybe this week, Maybe when that automatic negative thought comes, we could join with Martin Luther and stand up and yell, I am baptized. I hope you try that out this week. Let's pray together. Dear God, I just thank you so much for Jesus. That because of him, we are fully identified as children of God. Lord, I pray for those who are listening today who really do struggle with anxiety on the regular, whether it's that kind of chronic ongoing pit in their stomach or whether it's acute anxiety of which they've sought help and therapy and medication and struggled with for years. God, I just pray that in this moment there would be just hope, hope that we can manage, that we can live above, that we can see each other, talk about it with one another, share in our struggles, and find our hope and our identity in you. So God, I just pray for all of us as we work through this as humans, no matter where we're at on that whole spectrum of anxiety, that you would lead and guide and direct us. We lift this up to you. In Jesus' name, amen.